It's Kitchen Table Spirituality, a fun-filled, action-packed, even devotional. I'm here with action hero, Charlie Eastman. Yes, you are. And I'm here with my sidekick, Johnny Malone. <laughs> no, that's not true. No. Uh, but... I'm here with Reverend Jonathan Malone of East Greenwich. First Baptist Church in East Greenwich. And, and Charlie is the pastor of the Pilgrim Congregational Church in Southborough, Massachusetts. Yes, I am, and really happy about it every day. Hey, that's great. That's good. Yeah. I think I'm pretty happy about being pastor at East Greenwich. Well, you've been at East Greenwich longer than I've been at Pilgrim. You've been there more than 10 years? Now. Yeah, 11. I'm going on 12 now. 12 Are they, years. They're going to let you do another year? Well, we'll see. I mean, uh, I mean, this in this time of coronavirus, it's hard to negotiate. So I'm just, yeah. I'm just, uh, I, I'm pulling a groundhog. I'm just staying in my house. If they don't see me, then they can't fire me. That's when you'll know you're in trouble when they give you a ceremonial cane. When that happens, it might be oh. time to leave. All right, watch out for the ceremonial cane. Ceremonial canes are a danger. Okay. In that... the meantime, if you're doing great ministry together, why leave? Oh yeah, and and can I tell you about some of the great ministry we're doing together, Charlie? I wish you would. That's why I provided you that segue. Thank you. Yeah. Well, one of the things that we have coming up this Sunday, Sunday, July twenty-six, we're having an outdoor service. At the Fry Farm. The Fry Farm is on right. South County Trail. Uh, and there's a couple of things we're encouraging people to do for this service. First, bring something to sit on. We're not providing chairs. So you can bring a blanket. You can bring chairs. You can bring, like like Charlie likes to do, his exercise ball. Um, yeah, although it doesn't... People don't like you when you bring your exercise ball, so... It's, it's, like, it's like Uncle Buck's hat. It just bothers people. It just bothers <laughs> When you're having that much fun, right. people around you get frustrated. I think it's more when you're just, when you have it slung over your back in the harness and it just hits everything as you keep turning around <laughs> in the china shop. That's don't, what don't. bothers people. It does. Truly. But anyway. So they should bring their own chairs. They should bring their own chairs or seating device of, mm-hmm. of their desire. Um, yeah. Also, it's a, it's a service of sharing. So we're asking you to share within the community. If you, so if you, those of you who have gardens, if you're having a bumper crop of something, bring that to share with other people within our church community. Um, if you have a puzzle you've been doing or games that you've enjoyed, but you said, I'm, I'm done with these, bring them so someone else can enjoy them. Hmm. Um, so sharing within and sharing outside of the community, our local community, we're continuing to support the Calvary Baptist Food Pantry in South Providence. So we do ask that people bring items to share for that. So that's this Sunday, and the worship service is at 10 a.m., not 9.30, Hmm. Um, 10 a.m., and we will hopefully be able to stream it on Facebook as well. I'm assuming that's when Fry Farm opens, or no? It just it's just the deacons. Sense? Yeah, the deacons really. When we do outdoor services, they like to start a half an hour later. Okay. And, yeah, and whatever the deacons want, the deacons get. Because that's the way we've done it. That's the way we've done it. Now, okay. I, we haven't done outdoor services that much, but yeah. Every... So, well, can I can I, speaking about this service though? Because we're yeah. getting ready to do outdoor worship as well. Yeah. Um, although it is a service of sharing, mm-hmm. if you're not feeling well. Oh, yeah, if you're not feeling well, and this is for everything that we do all the time, meetings, other worship, anything, feeling like you should stop in and say hello, if you're not feeling well, stay home. No heroes in that situation. Yeah. Only losers. Yeah, don't say, like, I'll just push through. It's it's just a head cold. No. 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 Sorry, not anymore. Not anymore. Well put. Okay, so how are things? The virus. Uh, things are great in Pilgrim. In fact, I got to attend a good old-fashioned 
youth group car wash this week. Uh, how oh, it warmed go? my soul. 9 to 12 a.m. at the Southboro Transfer Station. The Pilgrim Church youth group was out there washing cars. They were, man, they were moving fast. My cars are cleaner than they've been in, I'm not joking, months, mm. maybe this year. Uh, I'm not. I'm not really car proud. I guess I need to work on that. But um, no, you don't. Don't don't be car proud. I'm not. Yeah. So it's they okay. they did a great job, and um and they earn money for their mission trip when that can happen. Great. Um, they're they're really energized, and it was so great to see so many of them and their folks, and oh, it was great to see people in real life. And then on the uh, on the outdoor worship news. Uh, I have some as well. Our weekly outdoor services are going to be beginning soon, and those are going to be for the first time on August 2nd at 4.30 p.m. I think we've nice. got to put enough, checked enough boxes that I can now say that out loud in front of people. Excellent. It's going to be at the St. Mark's Garden, mm-hmm. which means St. Mark's Episcopal Church is loaning us their garden space, where they have already drawn uh, 10-foot circles on the ground, wow. six feet apart, so families can reserve space um, that via those circles which are going to be numbered and you get a number and you come and you get to be in your circle but yes bring your own chairs bring your own masks this is going to be a masked service Mm. and um, we'll have a sanitizing station um, and other things for worship and uh, you just need to be there if you don't feel 100 percent, sorry but please stay home and of course this is a weather dependent event but we're going to be doing 4 30 p.m worship on sunday starting august 2nd and i couldn't be happier about it well, that's exciting. A 4.30. Mm-hmm. Charlie, do you think you may break out of the Sunday morning worship routine? <laughs> for for this service, yeah, but we're, we're yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, that's, okay, that's, that's, that's too far. I know some churches have done it. Some churches have done it and love it, but um, man, that would be weird for a church that's existed since 1727 to not do morning worship anymore. Yeah. Do, do historically... Older churches like that move to non-morning worship. Is that I don't a know. Thing? No, I think it's of of all the sacred cows that can't yeah. be broken. I think that's one of the hardest ones. That and the announcements. Don't move the announcements in the service. <laughs> oh, you will rue the day. I've fallen on that grenade in my first church. You know what I might do? I might pepper the announcements throughout the whole service. <laughs> They'll love it. Yeah, before the They'll pastoral prayer, and thank you. Sister D, for sharing that hard news about the loss of your loved one. I want to tell you about the spaghetti dinner that's coming up. (laughs) Today, the prayers of the people will be sponsored by our annual rummage sale. (laughs) Come one, come all. It's an idea. It would certainly put people in a world they were familiar with. Yes, it would. It would. Although, we do have an opportunity to lift them out of that world. Well, and you know, that's one of the things I love about church is that we get to step outside of the world we're familiar with. Amen. We get yeah. to go someplace that's a little bit different. We live in a little different kind of rhythm when even even just for that hour plus of Sunday morning worship. That's right. We might even experience a little silence. A little or, silence. Or a feeling of separation. Yeah. Or perhaps some Solitude. Oh, that's going to be a great edit, those sibilant. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, obviously Merton, you know, I think we both just, we we, uh, telegraphed that segue as about as well as we could, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how did did you, Charlie? Eggs at a barn door. You've been you've been my uh, <laughs> yeah, that was good. Uh, you've been my bellwether of whether or not I should like the section I've read. 
How did you like this section? I think you I think you liked this section, but maybe you're anticipating feeling a little challenged next week. That that could be. That's where that's where I went this this week. This section I liked fine. Uh, I don't know. What tell me <laughs> tell me what your gut was before I told you what you were feeling. No, actually the um this this one really spoke to me. Um, as, as you know, I spend a lot of time, not as much as I'd like, but a lot of time in the wilderness doing hiking, taking other people hiking, that kind of thing. Um, and this kind of pushed me in my ideas of what wilderness could be or how I can, you know, focus more on my time in the wilderness. Um, one good. Of, yeah, I, one of the things I do is I like to do a solo hike. Recently, I haven't been as much because I have loved ones who get very anxious when I go and I spend like four or five days in the woods by myself. Hmm. Um, but this has led me to think I, 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 that might be a risk worth taking. Mm. For that, well, I'm sure your family members are going to love listening to this episode. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, blame Merton. Uh, but <laughs> as, the, as one does. As one blame does, Merton. Yeah. Merton! <laughs> <laughs> the other thing, though, is um, I usually don't carry anything to read because you've got to really be aware of your weight. I'm really considering taking this book with me next mm. time I go and, and to spend some time in the morning reading a chapter or two and some time in the evening reading a chapter or two and... It's a great idea. Just sitting with it. Yeah, I, I know uh, um, Belton Lane wrote a, a great book about backpacking and, and the wilderness and, and the saints. Um, and he does that practice. He would take, um, you know, Meister Eckhart or Teresa mm-hmm. of Avila or, and just sit there and read in the wilderness. And I thought, well, that's really nice, but that's not me. But maybe it is. So maybe that, it is you. Yeah. So that was some of the big takeaways of me for just from that section. It was a nice um, challenge that Merton gave, saying... Think about how you do these wilderness excursions. I love your your idea of the 60,000-foot view before we get into the details. And I guess if I was going to piggyback on that, mm. I would say for me, I appreciated um, Merton's... I'm, throughout the book, I'm challenged by this idea of what in this book is kind of like, this is for us monastics, and mm. then this is for the rest of you. Mm. And I feel like the, the focus is more on the monastic sense, but then Merton challenges me a little bit to think monastically. Uh, I know the point of monasticism is that you don't dip your toe in and then walk away. Right. I know that it's it's not that you take a retreat every so often <laughs> when it suits you, uh, but, but that you rather submit and commit right. Right. and do the whole thing and I get that he's got something that I, I'm not going to have, at least not at this stage in my life. Um, maybe my family wishes I would take longer walks by myself. They um, Actually, I've gotten some emails from them at, suggesting that I push you in that direction. Mm, all right. Well done. Yeah. Um, they, so, so I guess I, through, throughout this section, I'm just thinking about that, that feeling of how much of this can we really access when we're not going to fully devote to a monastic life. You know, I, I think that's a really important... I mean, we, he talked about vocation in a previous section, but I, I think it bears going back to um, because it is something that we often struggle with. And, and, and we said last episode, something we make here as well, people say, like, well, of course you pray. Hmm. You, you right. have to. Or, of course, right. you know, that's part of your job. You're paid to pray, which I thank you. Um, the irony is I know plenty of pastors who will say, gosh, I, we'll be in a private conversation. I won't tell you what group I'm in. And they'll say, I, have not, I haven't prayed outside of worship in months or mm. years. Or, 
Yeah. And I'm always like, why would you do that to yourself? Well, yeah, and it's, we get stuck in the busy. But, but I think, mm-hmm. you know, what, what I, one of the things I take away from, from your wrestling is, of course, we're not all called to be monastics. That's right. But we're called to be something. And then to say, how do we maintain that in a way that's full and healthy? And, and that's when these moments of these retreats or times of solitude, we say, I have to do this so that I can, that I have to, I do this so that I can be who it is that I'm really called to be. Mm-hmm. So the commitment is still there. Maybe not the, the way we live out the commitment is different from what Merton did or others, but the level of commitment, I think, we can still aspire to a similar level of commitment in, in the ways that we're called to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think just, that, that, that definitely puts a bow on it for me. We can, oh, good. So we can stop there. What, let's pray. Right, do you want to? Yeah, let's. <laughs> um, so what about the specifics? Well, there's, a, there's one that really caught me because it's, it's a function of so much of our church life is, uh, mm. at, at least at the moment, is around meetings meeting and meetings. Hmm. And one of the favorite prayers I have uh, when I start a meeting is, Lord, help us to be, to seek to hear rather than to be heard, to understand rather than to be understood. And I don't know who I stole it from, probably a, probably some meeting devotional book or something, but that, that speaks to me. And in chapter six, uh, Merton has this, let's see, how far into the chapter am I? I am... One, two, three, fourth paragraph in, it says, It is not speaking that breaks our silence, but the anxiety to be heard. The Mm -hmm. words of the proud man impose silence on all others, so that he alone may be heard. I would also say not just the proud, but also the anxious, because lots of times in meetings people speak because they're anxious. The humble man speaks only in order to be spoken to. The humble man asks nothing but an alms, then waits and listens. Yeah, that's uh, that 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 paragraph might drive me into the woods. That might be the mm. one. I hope my family writes you thank you notes when I'm gone. Yeah, they will. They will. Um, depending on how what, how soon you return, yeah. that's there. And I'm going to follow it up with a couple paragraphs later where he writes: If our life is poured out in useless words, we will never hear anything. We will never become anything. And in the end, because we've yeah. said everything before we had anything to say, we shall be left <laughs> speechless. At the moment of our greatest decision, uh, is that so that good. that one might be the nugget of the whole book for me? That yeah, this is for for people who uh, speak for a living, and especially as we're doing a podcast, these are not great paragraphs for us to be reading. <laughs> let's let's own that. Yeah, good point. Um, one of the things I love about this is that the humble man asks nothing but alms, then hmm. waits and listens, and. And you've been to enough conferences and classes, and you know when when and, and you know when someone asks a question, and you know the question is just a showing off. Oh, yeah. See, in my reading of uh, of right. Boltman, when when you say that is possible, I, I naturally think of the, the, the yeah, or or the questions that are just attacks. Right. Uh, right. And those happen in, in church meetings every now and again as well. Yeah. This idea of a question being an alm is, is really that open, that question that is just open that says, can you help me? Mm. Uh, yeah. Can, uh, you know, can, can you give me something? I'm hurting. Can you be in my pain? Or help me to uh, understand the best way to do something. Yeah. 
just putting it out there. I, I know that that sets up a, a moment of need, but mm-hmm. um, placing yourself that that clearly at everyone's mercy is a real it's a real vulnerable yeah. moment. Those are um, those are great questions, or those are scary kind of questions to ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's uh, a good point too. So I think that's to be able to go to God with that. I know that um, we often wrestle with or hear people wrestling with how do I pray? What's the right thing to say? I, of, I often say, I like, just, you know, say, God, I'm hurting. Yeah. And, and stop. And then sit. And then listen. And yeah. sit. Yeah, just sit with it. That's, it's fine. No, the clouds won't open. At least they don't for me. Um, mm. a, a chipmunk doesn't crawl up on your shoulder and whisper God's will into your ear. You know, it's that would not, freak me out. Me too. So yeah. those, those kind of like, you know, I heard a voice and it told me. Uh, that, that happens apparently for some small set of the population, but not for most. Eventually, you might mm-hmm. find God leading your thoughts in certain directions, or you might just get to enjoy an hour of silence, and then a week later, yeah. someone will come up to you and say, I've been thinking about that thing you were talking about, and I, I just wondered if you'd tried this. Yeah. And, and an answer comes through them. But, but trying to impose your will on it, I think, is part of what gets addressed in the paragraphs I just shared from Merton. Trying to impose a set of demands, in, demand versus need, you know? Like there's yeah. half the time when you make a demand, you're not really asking for what you need anyway. Yeah, yeah. Half, half the time your need needs to be teased out and found in you, um, which is why many smart people go to therapy, because... They know that the things right. they're going to demand of the world are not what they really need. Um, and I, I really like this. I like that he keeps saying the humble, in this case, man. Right. But the humble person uh, really doesn't impose that demand on it. Just... That, the, the next chapter, mm-hmm. I, um, I love the emphasis on poverty. Yeah. Um, now, uh, you know, poverty, I think, especially in the monastic tradition, is very different than what we may consider um, in, in the secular world, you know, when we, I, you know, I, I've worked with other people and, and I say like, well, poverty's bad. And, and I remember this one Eastern Orthodox priest, he said, no, not necessarily. Poverty can be a real blessing. So, you know, there's poverty of, of circumstances, poverty of people who, you know, are struggling but held down. That, that's bad. But this poverty that Merton's talking about is a different kind of poverty. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in the beginning of that chapter, in the second paragraph, he writes... Uh, the unity, which is the work of poverty in solitude, draws together all the wounds of the soul and closes them. Mm. And, and then a little bit further, I, I would, it's just the very end of, the, of that chapter, last paragraph. Um, for this to be so, I must be really poor. I must seek nothing, but I must be content with whatever I have from God. Mm. I, and it, it's this sense of you know, first that, that idea of bringing in all of your wounds and saying, here's what I really have. Here's the stuff I have to offer, yeah. not like the flashy kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And then to say, and this is what I will be content with, mm. um, which is, is very different. So um, if I may take another wilderness example. Please do. I, okay. It feels so, appropriate when we're talking about solitude. Yeah, I, there are times in the wilderness when, you know, we have our ideal days, you know, when it's going to be like maybe 60 degrees out, blue sky, no bugs, uh, and just a, you know, fantastic day, right? Yep. 
How often those happen, I don't know. Almost never. Yeah, if you've got um, clouds, the bugs swarm. If you've got... Yeah. yeah. And, and um, I remember there was... Well, I was on one trip, and it had rained and rained for weeks. It felt like weeks. <laughs> How many it, boots did you lose? Uh, yeah, they were just... My feet were... It was, it was gross. Yeah. Um, but, and I got to this place of just resentment. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm out here in the woods. I put this time aside. It's supposed to be good for me and God. And this rain, it just keeps what's going on. And I had to get to this place of like, this is just what I'm given. Mm-hmm. Like, the rain's not out to get me. It, it, good point. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's raining. <laughs> That's what rain does. I, th- I interacted with a few people this past week where I feel like I probably should have said, the rain is not out to get you. Right, yeah, rain's going to do... They would have looked at me funny without the context, but... Right, right, but but now, you know, like, the rain's life, not out to get man. you. Life, it's yeah, just, life yeah. and circumstance and the synergy of everything. Now, for, for people steeped in providential theology who think that God has right. controlled every movement of every fly ever, that ever existed, that's a that's a harder day than it is for those of us that can yeah. get that stuff Yeah. Going. Because then you say the rain is out to get you, and all those mosquitoes that are swarming around you, they are out to get they you. They create a mosaic that God can see, but you can't see because you're too close to it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean, Fine. but there is a sense of like, okay, I'm going to try to enjoy the rain or just be present, right. but I'm also going to name that this kind of stinks. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm, people in poverty, yeah. here's, the, here's the thing about when you use words like poverty, that's kind of a... I don't. I almost said trigger. There, I said trigger. Uh, oh, okay. But it's kind of a it's kind of a thing where you know who's who's the poorest is like a game that people can play. Like who's the most right. maligned? Who's the most put out? Who's the most whatever? And I feel like sometimes we we lose the the point of of being in that situation is ultimately not to prove how great you are by how much mm. poverty you endure. Yeah. In yeah. fact, we need to flip that and realize that the gift of poverty is is by simply stripping away all the things that get between us and God. Yeah. And then and then to say these are the places where um there's abrasion. These are the places where there's pain. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And that's where you do encounter God. That's that wilderness. Yeah. In a very spiritual kind of way. That's exactly it. We were before we uh, started the recording. We we're talking about app, the. There's a thing called an Apple Watch that you can buy, where it's supposed to free you from your phone because all you have to do is look at your watch, and then you'll know mm. what your phone said. But in the case of the Apple Watch, you look at your watch and you get lost in it because it's so tiny. For most people, right? They have to interact with it more directly than they would just look at their phone, and and your life is when you wear something like that becomes a series now I'm getting preachy but becomes a series of these little bridges <laughs> that if if you just didn't own something like that you right. wouldn't have to be connected to your need to be known and addressed and and thought of and and asked yeah. questions of um bottom line if you've got one of those turn the notifications off as soon as you get it yeah um and and I wear a I wear a sundial on my wrist see now Jonathan's it, got the real and it has it does have a perching place for the ravens when they bring in their messages and that does get distracting I'll admit it. Mm-hmm. When I'm having a conversation with someone and a raven just comes and perches on my wrist. Yeah, I've but, got a I've got a raven screen around mine that I actually Oh, see I've got to buy the raven screen yeah, so I can It's a few bucks per- extra, but with Amazon <laughs> Prime it'll get to you the next day. Via <laughs> raven. 
Right, right. If the sundial just wasn't so darn heavy. I know. <laughs> That's the other. And I have to always orient myself. Like, wait, where's the... If only we had anyway. a material that wasn't stone that we could wear on our wrist. Right? But I'm, not, I'm still in that age. Um, uh, chapter 7, is that where you just yeah. were? Um, I, I also had a, a quote from chapter 7 that I really liked. Uh, right before that last one you read, Poverty and solitude where everything I touch is turned into prayer, where the sky is my prayer, the birds are my prayer, the wind and the trees is my prayer, for God is in them, God is all in all. I really mm-hmm. like that that sense that when, when you can strip away distraction, the things that pull you away, and he breaks that word apart in one, in one point in the book, distraction, right. pulling away. If you can if you can achieve that for moments, I think you do get. You, you don't know what it's like to be a, m- a monastic, but you you do have moments of clarity that that could help the rest of your life really improve yeah. through its connection to God. Yeah. Oh, definitely. That's good. Um, and the, I know we've got to be aware of time. Yeah. I mean, it's just the as we get near to the end of this section. Again, he. This was in chapter eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, the solitary is is a man who has made the decision strong enough to be proved by the wilderness. Mm. And, and um, I mean, this why you you're getting why this part really spoke to me and sure. and my. Yeah. You know, it's it's not an easy thing. It's not uh, sit on the beach in a hammock drinking a cocktail, and and that's your solitude. Right. There's pain. There's being shaped. There's being formed, mm-hmm. uh, and um, and we're gonna find out in the in the next episode. We'll talk about it's certainly not for the lighthearted or fainthearted. No, definitely not. Well put. Um, uh, I, there's one more thing I want to catch in this section before we go. Yeah. Uh, for you as a hiker, this really made sense to me. Uh, it's in chapter eight, and it says there are many who have sought him in the desert and have not found him there. And there are many who have hidden themselves with him in reclusion, and he has refused himself to them. To catch him is as easy as catching the lightning. And like lightning, he (laughs) strikes where he pleases. (laughs) Yeah. That that sense that, that the presence of Jesus is a gift of... Jesus and God. It's it's not right. it's not a, a thing that you get at a particular place. There are there are early desert fathers and mothers, presumably, that did find Jesus in the desert, but right. but there are many that have gone on retreat and have not gotten what they sought. Um, yeah, because or even Sunday morning or afternoon worship when you go and you say, right. "Well, I just didn't feel anything," and as a pastor, we feel like, "Oh, well, then I guess I didn't do it right." Right. But there's no technique for finding him, Merton writes. He says they find him by yeah. his will, by his grace, by his... This is back to that. There's, there's nothing you can do to earn that grace. It's, it's a gift. Right. The fact that it's a gift freely given is what makes it so powerful. So why do we worship? Oh, well, maybe we'll, oh, find, maybe we should... maybe we'll find out yeah. next time. Yeah, there we go. That's a good cliffhanger. Yes, good. So I hope others are enjoying this, this read. Um, as we move into prayer, mm. I have a prayer from another short one. I, 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 you know, I was so enthralled with Teresa of Avila's nice short prayer, I found another one. Good. This is uh, Catherine of Siena. I don't know much about her, except that she lived from 1347 to 1380, so she did not live long. Is she the patron saint of minivans? 
I was wondering that. Um, <laughs> Sorry, deep toy, <laughs> deep joke for Toyota owners. Here. Well, yeah, I know. But we had a Sienna for a while, and actually, I grew up near Sienna College oh, in uh, the that. Albany area. Neat. Now, is her hey. is Catherine of Sienna with one N or two N's? Um, in Catherine or Sienna? <laughs> Martin. <laughs> it's one N in Sienna. Yeah. See, she spells it wrong. So. She spells it wrong. Well, I'll, I'll tell her that. I'm sure you will. So I, um, I thought that this prayer really fit with a lot of this idea of poverty, of letting go. Great. Um, it is short, but I think it, it's really poignant. All right. So let's move into a time of prayer. Thank you. God, help us to strip ourselves of all those things that distract us of all of those aspects of life that get in the way of those items that we try to surround ourselves with and to fall in the true poverty that we find. A poverty that we find when we are face to face with you when we realize how little and how much. May we fall into that moment of poverty and then may your lightning strike and your grace be known in ways not perhaps how we want, but how you know our best. Be with us in our solitude, and in our community. God, help me to stop imposing my will on my prayer process. Help me to just speak what I need and then leave silence and and to make room for you in new ways that I don't typically do. Lord, I, I want to feel your word more deeply than my own. And from Catherine of Siena, Lord, take me from myself and give me to yourself. Amen. Amen. Wow. Yeah, I forget it. She spells it right. The, the Toyota company spells it wrong. Yeah, well. That's a good prayer. <laughs> That's a good prayer. I, I think we, yeah. should, we shouldn't call these kitchen tables spirituality. We should just call these Charlie Appreciates Prayers. Charlie Appreciates Prayers. That Jonathan, the, the, uh, that Jonathan finds. There. We're gonna that call that the, flows yeah. off the tongue. The Cap Show. The Charlie ca- Appreciates Prayer Show. <laughs> the Cap Show. There you go. <laughs> we'll get all these baseball cap aficionados tuning in once and then saying, This, this is nothing show about. stinks. Yeah, all right. What the? So, chapters 12 through 18 for next time? Yeah, we finished the book and we're going to have our wrap up party. That's right. It's the party next time. Oh, okay. Remember your streamers and your, cano- your canonical conical hats. And uh, <laughs> the canonical conicals. Is that a band already? No, I don't think it is. Mm. All right. I hear them as a kind of folk band. Yeah. I... Like a family folk band, like in the in the whole tradition of the Waverly's. Yep, sounds good to me. Yeah, the Canonical Conicles. So next week, we'll be finishing the book. We'll have a special appearance of the Canonical Conicles, um, you know, singing, singing us out and such. And uh, Great. So in between now and then, uh, continue to, you know, listen, um, enjoy the solitude, take care of yourself, take care of each other. Amen. Bye.